The road to hell is paved with good. You fill in the blank. That's what we're going to talk about today on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Good job, Brother Derek. Are we recording? Yes. Oh, is that what this is? Yeah. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. That's how this Do you intend up. to make this a good podcast today? Before we press record, the words you folks don't hear is always, I'm good. You good? You good? You, yeah, I'm good. 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 That's kind of like the guys, they always, uh, how's that go? If When a guy's tying down a load mm-hmm. on his truck. Oh, I do it well, all the time. I do. What do you have to say? <laughs> I did it before I came <laughs> to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that ain't going nowhere. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That ain't, that ain't going nowhere. Kick the tires, light uh, the fires. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Shout out to all you truckers out there listening to Kingdom Speak. Give us a little honk on the horn. Yep. Honk, honk. Yeah, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, I intend to be the best co-host today that I could ever be. So when this is over... Lofty intent. When this is over, I hope you guys can say that... His intent was right. My intent was right. Yeah. 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 That's powerful. Even thing. if the action doesn't align, is that's, that, is that well, what you're getting at? I don't want to get in that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about conduct. Let's talk about intent. Okay. You know, we intend, okay. we intend, you know what else we intend to do is we intend to read a review and we should do that right away. We should. There's something about my phone. Whenever I go to read reviews, I always have to flip back through 14 pages of stuff. Reviews? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many of them. We have it's like a phone book. Yeah, every- <laughs> yeah, it is. It's one of the most intimidating parts of the show. Mm. Mm. This guy says top notch. Yeah, best podcast out for sure by far. Come on, I'd agree with that. Yeah, quality yeah. is unmatched. It causes me to constantly. Look, if check he's going to say something about the co-host, I'm I'm done now. <laughs> Thank you for your work. Oh, and it's consistent. Ah. Awesome. You know, we try to be consistent. We do. We try. It's our intent. Intentionally reviewing us makes us intentionally rise the charts, if you didn't know. It does. And boy, it's been going good. We've had another. We are soaring. Another record breaker month. This is awesome. January this year is better than January last year. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to be able to say that necessarily very many more times. <laughs> yeah. One more month. <clears throat> you know, have you ever, we're talking about intentions today, if you haven't figured it out. I'm sure nobody's ever picked up on it. The buzzword. Yep. I can remember paying attention to uh, recently, I don't even know what year it was, but the Casey Anthony court case in the U.S. And it always comes down to intent when they don't have all of the evidence, right? So these guys, these lawyers, they get together and they try to paint a picture of this person. And, you know, we don't have a video of... The action. Was, wasn't it se. they were trying to prove that she killed her daughter? Wasn't it? Is that what it was? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. Uh, whatever the action is, and they're always trying to paint this picture. And you're sitting there and it's like... Ugh. Don't, don't you hate this about those kind of scenarios? Um, 
it makes you skeptical of every set of parents that holds a news conference. Yeah. Weeping and crying in front oh. of the microphones over a lost child. Um, Man, it's... It, you know. Recently in New Brunswick, the Dennis Olin case. Yeah, absolutely. So if, you, if you're listening not, you know, not in New Brunswick, which most of you aren't, uh, <laughs> Google Dennis Oland, O-L-A-N-D, and you'll find a murder case of a man who allegedly, uh, the case was that he brutally murdered his father. Right, who was a wealthy yeah. mogul, you know. And the intent was there, they felt. Yeah. Why? Well. Because of his finances money, being up. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so then what they do is they work backwards from that and they try to create this right. picture that they were So we have alone. a dead man, a murdered yeah. victim. Undoubtedly. And <laughs> From what I hear. We have, right. <laughs> from folks who are at the scene. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty bad. <laughs> and we have a boy who is financially upside down. Yep. And so we have intent. Immediately, and then now begins the battle, right, of proving really his intent. And we right? pile on the evidence. Nobody caught him doing it. Nope, nope. But then we pile on evidence while we find DNA on. Do you the, think he did it? Because ultimately, I don't. Ultimately, it was ruled that he was innocent or not guilty. Not guilty. There is a difference. Not guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Never confuse the not guilty verdict with Correct. someone being innocent. That would be Correct. another great episode to talk about. Yeah. Whoa, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Personally, I don't feel he did it. I Seriously? feel he had someone do it for him. That's what I wow. think. I don't think. My mother-in-law, who the majority of our audience won't have the privilege of meeting, but uh, she is the most unassuming, yeah. humble, yeah. lovable person. And makes the best lemon you, oh, cookies yes. in the world. Yes. If you mention Dennis Olin to her, yeah. her oh, eyes go red. Oh, yeah. In her mind, he's guilty. He's guilty, yeah. So I love you, mom-in-law. Here's the... Th <laughs> but she feels like... Yeah, go ahead. She feels like he's guilty of it. Mm -hmm. And really, it's because of intent. Yeah. Right? All of the... Yep. All of the um, all of the pieces to the puzzle mm. that that you can't stitch together with no other reason. Mm. When you start looking at why would he do it? Yep, he loses the yep he, he loses the battle pretty quick. I here here's what here here was the only thing in this whole case, and there's even a book written about it. Uh, it's it's really intriguing case. It makes a really good story. The thing that always I get hung up on is if he was smart enough to dispose of the cell phone and enter the scene and exit the scene without a lot of evidence that he was there. Now, there is camera evidence of a car, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But yet he was dumb enough to put the jacket back in his closet, like after a dry cleaning. But yet he threw out the cell phone. Mm -hmm. That was the one thing to me, I'm just like, you know... There's no question he would have been involved, right? I just never, I can't see how he'd done it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but another classic case of not guilty, but not innocent. Oh, yeah. 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 And apparently locally, you know, Ooh. the court of public You know, opinion. his house was up for sale. Yeah. Like, uh, came on the market yeah. this week. Yeah. His estranged spouse is taking him to the cleaners and yeah. yeah. He's not in jail, but he's not, 
really enjoying himself. So this this um, this opens up a very interesting discussion, mm-hmm. and hopefully, um, as a church leader, mm-hmm. we never have to try to solve why someone murdered somebody. Um, <laughs> but there is more one way to skin the cat, and there's an interesting story. In the Old Testament, about the when when the when the children of Israel were going in to establish the Promised Land, mm. that God gave specifics about the strategic placement of cities of refuge, and so there were to be six of them, and then as they expanded, mm-hmm. they were supposed to increase um, these cities of refuge. What was the city of refuge? The city of refuge was a place where you could run if there was an accuser that was um, pursuing you because of a particular action, okay? So when you, when you found yourself in need of a fair trial, so to speak, yep. then you would, you would run, and, and, and there's, some, there's some, a lot of interesting um, uh, principles that can be extrapolated from this. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to do it on another day. But the road was supposed to be kept clear, straight. Uh, people were never supposed to be one day's journey, mm-hmm. any farther than one day's journey away from a city of refuge. We understand the parallel of a city of refuge is the church in the New Testament. Mm. And so an interesting example that was given was this is what the city of refuge is for. So yeah. he, he gives, <laughs> he gives an this. example. And so a man goes out into the woods. He's hewing down trees with his axe. Again, I do this yeah. all the time. I'm just right? going to say this. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 You are the lumberjack you, type. You name me a tree that I haven't hewn down with an axe <laughs> in my bare hands. Yeah. And I can lay them Lombardy popular down just popular. Lombardy popular. You just blew it because that's oh. not how you say it. Oh, no. <laughs> I know my trees. I know my trees. Here we go you know, again. You know what, you know what goes good? Oh, yeah. In the, in oh, the woods. yes. If I'm going to cut down a tree, I put on my king. <laughs> I like it. You know? Yeah. Man of the woods right there. Reppin. Reppin. Oh, what was your intent behind that? Merch sales. Yes. <laughs> Okay, let me use my uh, cup here and see if I can. This is a great time before we get back into the City of Refuge to talk about our website real quick. Oh, if you yes. want a Kingdom Speak mug or a hat, hats are going to be up soon. We're working on them. We're working on them, okay? Give us a break here. Masks. Masks. Anything else you want, um, that's Kingdom Speak. We'll be on there. Kingdomspeak.ca. If you own kingdomspeak.com, Give please it to us. sell us the domain. Why are you holding on to it? It's no good to you. You don't even have a website on it. Get woke. You're not Kingdom Speak. We are. That's right. We're here first. Anyways, kingdomspeak.ca. Can I finish? Yeah, but the the main point is you become a Kingdom Speaker on the site. Yes. We want to hear from you. So you log in. Once you get past producer Randy and his vetting process, you jump in. And there's a discussion thread on every episode. We're still, you know, we're still ramping it up, but we're going to be, when this episode is done, we're going to put up some exclusive content from another episode that you only get if you log in. Right. 
So and we want to hear from you. Kingdomspeak.ca. All right, back to Pastor Daniel McKillop. So the whole point of a city of refuge was not that it would be some conclave for the guilty. Mm. But it was it was constructed for those whose actions and intent was not in alignment. So the story that he gives to prove this mm. is the man hewing down the tree mm-hmm. while he is swinging the axe. The axe head comes off, strikes another man in the head, killing him. Right? What are the chances? Now he's a murderer. Yep. And he needs a place to go, not to disprove that he didn't kill the guy, mm-hmm. but to prove that his intent yeah. was not to kill the guy. That's right. Okay? Yep. So you have the the uh, the polarity, if you will, the tension between what I did, but I didn't mean to. Yeah. Okay? That's the role of the city of, of refuge. The mm. city of refuge was not supposed to be some place where you could just go and hide out. Who would want to live in a city of refuge? It was if it was full <laughs> of intentional yeah. murderers. Yeah. So when you got to the gate, there was a vetting process mm-hmm. that was initiated. That's right. And they said, All right, we're gonna hold you here. We won't let the 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 pursuer of blood do anything to you while we're waiting till, but we, till we figure out what your intent is. We're going to, we're going to investigate who you really are. We're going to check out your history. Yeah. D- did you ever have a squabble? So they go talk to your neighbors and they go talk to yep. coworkers, if you will. Yeah. Tell me about this guy. Yeah. Did him and the guy that he hit in the head with the ax head have any problems in the past? Hmm. Okay, I've said this before, but but there, there's going to be a problem with this hypothetical case if that happens more than once in your lifetime. Yep. <laughs> Somebody has a right to go. You know, if if they went and said, "Okay, Joe's here, and he was he was hewing down trees in the woods, his axe had come off, and it hit John in the head, and he's dead." What do you know about Joe? That's ironic. This happened to Joe last year. You're never going to believe this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. At some point, we got a right to say, where's Joe getting his axe handles? Yep. And what, what is Joe after? And when he asks for you to go out in the woods <laughs> with him, say no. Yes. That's another good point. That's another good point. <laughs> Stay away. The objective of the city of refuge is to find a righteous conclusion to judgment. And you cannot find righteous judgment without factoring in intent. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. You cannot just look at action. That's right. You must factor in intent. Mm -hmm. So you can look at two people that we've used murder as the example here today, but you can look at two people that have murdered somebody. Yep. One done it because they just hated them and they're so full of evil that they wanted to just exterminate this guy. The other case may be something where it's self-defense. Yeah. You, right? Once you hear the story, then you're like... The intent oh. changes. Right. One is charged and one is not. The action 
quote unquote, was the same. Mm. The intent, the why right. behind the action right. was absolutely right. It brought it, it pulled back the blinds on on another perspective altogether. So in Canada, uh, manslaughter is not intentional, not premeditated. That is the factors. Okay. Second degree murder is not premeditated, but intentional. Right. And first degree yeah, is intentional and premeditated. And premeditated. Yes. Right. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Interesting. Interesting. And how they prove intention. I wrote this down because I was doing some show prep. I do prep, guys. I do. I help out here. I try. I try to do something. You have very good intent, Brother Derek. Yeah. So if we're going to prove intent, this is these are the these are these are three of the factors we weigh. We weigh your statements that you've previously made. Mm-hmm. We weigh the circumstances, and we weigh your character. Wow. So what you're saying then is um, lifestyle. Yep. <laughs> Lifestyle makes a difference. Yeah. What, you know, if you're always, here's a bad colloquialism to use, but if you're always flying off the handle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Then there's that. And you're the guy who, <laughs> who has had an unforeseen exception and the ax handle separates from the ax head. It's going to be a little harder for you to prove that. Well, yeah, because it still could be accidental, right? But your lifestyle becomes. Yes, sir. Uh, a problem for right. you, right? right? Yeah. So, man, you know, everybody has read. If you're listening to King to Speak, you have read. Start with why. If you if you're on this podcast, you've read it. It's one of those books that anybody who's into, you know, life has read. I'm sure by this point. Do you guys ever struggle with pronouncing his name, Simon? Simon Sinek, 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 Simon, if it's Simon French, Sinek. I just have to, I got to put this to rest I don't here think that Google it. Alexa, what are you Googling? Do you, Alexa, how do you, you know. Hey Siri, <laughs> you don't have Alexa, Stop, my phone's not if you're on. working on this podcast. Here we, let me see. How do you Simon Sinek. <laughs> Let's try this again. Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Let's try it slow. Can you play it slower? Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Does that mean he is a cynic? Is he cynical? Cynical. He's also a listener. Thank you, Simon. You know, we were going to have him on, but I just don't know if enough people would listen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's only working on like his, what, his 17th book? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He... He talks about intent a lot. Starts with why, and you you were how does the quote go? People don't buy. Yeah, this this is the takeaway from from his whole concept of everything starts with why. People don't buy what you do, right? They right. buy why you do what you do. Man, that's huge. So as as a pastor, how 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 do you apply that to your you know, to your conduct or to your, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it factors into everything. You're, you've got to check your intents all the time. For sure you do. Um, okay. The Bible, the Bible, and this, I'll, I'll never forget when I had this moment. 
Mm. Um, the word of God will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish mm-hmm. that thing for which I sent it. the The NIV has an, an interesting um, mm-hmm. an interest an interesting interpretation of that. So is my word that goes out from my mouth; it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it, the purpose mm. for which I sent it. So now we have a parallelism. Mm. Parallelism. I get all those syllables? Yep. You have content, word, right, and you have intent, why I sent it. Oof, content and intent. Well, there's something for you today. Okay. So... When I'm preaching, it is not just that my content is right. Yeah, I see where you're going. But I've got to make sure that my intent is right. Yeah, that's right. So saying the right thing for the wrong reason. Absolutely. So I can preach truth, but that's only part of the battle. I'm not going to go about trying to put a percentage on it, but it's only (laughs) part of the battle. That's just the content. Yeah, that's just the content. At some point, there's a merging behind content and intent. Why are you saying that? So I'm telling you the truth. If I'm telling you the truth to make you free, it will. Ah, yeah. If I'm telling you the truth to kill you, guess what? It will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that for which I've sent it. That's so good. I suppose a lot of people think think the struggle... You know, if you're sitting in a pew and you're looking up there at, at the preacher and you're always struggling with a concept of content, how does he have all this stuff to say? And probably the bigger struggle is over the intent. Absolutely. Okay, you've, you've got to go back to situations like um, the prophet Nathan. And mm-hmm. pick, your, pick your favorite prophet. But, but approaching a king Eesh. with a a dastardly message of truth. Yep. Okay? Yep. And the outcome of this message of truth has got everything to do with the future of David. That's right. And a country. But well, Totally. <laughs> yeah. But nobody that reads that questions the intent of that prophet. Boy, you can hear it, can't you? The intent is revealed in how he weaves that. He is trying his best mm-hmm. to pull a man that sits in a position of power, authority, mm. royalty, to his knees. Do you get that? Literally to his knees. Mm-hmm. He's trying to coax a confession out of a king. So the 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 uh, the burden that is on a prophet at that moment is that the content's got to be right, but the intent's got to be right. And if the intent is wrong, the whole thing unravels, regardless of if you still get your bony finger in his face, saying, thou art the man. It, 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 the word will accomplish why you sent it. I, I know that there's somebody that is listening to this podcast mm. that has heard somebody preach truth, but it was delivered in such a spirit when I say a spirit of error, I don't mean deception or false doctrine. No. But just a wrong spirit. 
had that third edge. Yeah. Yes. And at that moment, it doesn't accomplish. It accomplishes why you're saying it. You can communicate truth and it give people life, or you can communicate truth and it give them death. It will accomplish mm. what you sent it to accomplish. You can't help but think about Joseph. Joseph, who he had this, he had this amazing vivid dream, and then he went and told his brothers. <laughs> oh. Joseph. Ouch. Oh. <laughs> Why did you just do that? Yeah. What did you think? But, was but the question there again is why? The, the problem's not dreaming. No. No. But people are looking at him saying, What what are you what's your intentions telling us this right now? You want me to get down from eating breakfast and bow yeah. at you right here? Yeah. Oh, I had a dream. Oh good. What is it? Oh, y'all were bowing down to me. Oh that's, <laughs> nice. That's popular. Yo, bro. Yeah. Man, go dream again. That's yeah. really good. Oh, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> He went and dreamed again. And the reality is, is God gave it to him. It's not something that he conjured up. But I do submit to you that at this point in the timeline, Mm. Joseph's intent was out of alignment with his dream. Wow. So timing becomes a major, a major deal. Okay. We've talked about murder. So that's, that's an action that nobody wants no. to be on trial over, okay? Nobody that we're talking to. Let's let's leave the wrong action and let's look at, at something that is right, doing something that is right. You can not only do something that is wrong and, and have to have to balance out intent mm-hmm. behind a wrong action, but you all also have to have to weigh it when it comes to something that is right. So um, a man is praying, two people praying, do not necessarily have the same intent behind why they're doing mm. what they're doing. You can stand there and beat your chest in the public square right. and pray out loud to be heard yeah. so that you are thanking God publicly mm-hmm. that you are not like Everyone else. everybody else that's in your church. Not so loud, producer Randy. Not so loud. Church is over. Stop (laughs) screaming at the front of the church. Thank you, Lord. I'm not like producer Derek. Yes. (laughs) Co-host Derek. So then you go, at that moment, the intent's wrong. Yeah, something's not quite right here. Because everybody would say, well, at least he's praying. No, no, no. The reward for what you're doing is different based on the intent for what you're doing. Yeah. So... What you're doing is immediately self-evident. Why you're doing what you're doing is something that becomes self-evident. Wow, I got a bubble on that. Why? Why? It takes, most often, it takes time to reveal why. Oof. Not everybody, here, here we go for tightening it in. Not everybody that's responding to the altar call is responding for the right reason. Mm. Not everybody that's worshiping God is worshiping for the right reason. Mm. Like let's let's leave the killing and lying and stealing, and let's go over here to the side of what we are striving to be. That is why Jesus would quote the prophet when he said, "All right, you're drawing nigh unto me mm. with your lips, mm. but your heart is far from me." There is 
a chasm between what you're doing and your intent. And leaders are always, I've even seen this in the professional world, where a lot of times, once you get to a certain level, a lot of it, a lot of people have the same skills and the same abilities. Sure. It's the people with the proper and improper motives that begin to separate. Yes. And then when you're in a They're position, filtered out. When you're in a position of leadership and you have it going on and somebody you have the opportunity to bring someone into your circle, you don't really look at their skills. Yeah, they got their good resume, but you're asking yourself, well, why are they wanting to do this? Mm-hmm. Right? You're, mm-hmm. It's all it boils down to the intentions most time, not your well, physical it, it, skills. It absolutely does. So the the action can be right. Mm-hmm. It can be right. But if the intent is wrong, mm-hmm. if the intent is wrong, then it completely eradicates the reward of the action. Totally. Negate. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It neutralizes mm. the intent. And so you all have done it. I've done it as a leader. I'm seeing what you're doing, but I'm trying to figure out why you're doing it. Yeah. There's not per se anything wrong with what you're doing mm-hmm. unless I can uncover a nefarious intent. We could easily go down the rabbit hole of ambition here. Okay. Another good episode. If yep. you're keeping track of episodes, we should do one. Yep. This is another one. Yep. Right? No question. No question. Because uh, ambitious people are threatened by, okay, they're threatened by a clock. Mm -hmm. Joseph, there's the whole Joseph complex that kicks in that thinks, I dreamt it last night. Yep. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not slighting his dream. That was a God given dream. But because God gave it to you last night doesn't mean he has to fulfill it today. Yeah, yeah. just put it in the bank. Yeah. Right. The clock won't kill what God gives you. Well. If it's your dream, wow. yeah. then time may threaten it. Yeah. But if it's God's vision, it's, gonna happen. it's not threatened by a pause. Yeah. That's right. So I think that is where the wheat and the chaff separate. I think that's where the ambitious... Mm-hmm. And those motivate, motivated by ill intent mm-hmm. are separated from those who truly just want to be everything that God has for them to be, mm-hmm. to be someone that fulfills that divine purpose in their life, and they really have no other intent mm. than just to be that. And so ambition, you're absolutely right. It plays a big role. So it is imperative that, that as a as a church leader, as a uh, as a child of God, even as a parent, mm. you need to be able to delineate between action and intent, or else you'll never be able to arrive at righteous conclusions and pass righteous judgments. Right, because I'll change my actions to avoid your wrath, but I'll keep the same intent. Well said. Is that not well the said. truth, right? Yeah, for sure. If you don't deal with the motive. For sure. For sure. It's, you know. 
I let, let's let's look at Hebrews chapter four. Let's go. We're going digital with our notes. If you haven't noticed, we're saving trees, but we're also saving frustration. Yeah. If you could FedEx us a new printer, <laughs> oh, <laughs> the price we pay for these big machines, <laughs> and they don't produce. <laughs> Literally, no, they don't. They don't. Sorry, little rant there. Hebrews four. And verse number 12 in the Amplified. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Oh, yeah. Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Hmm. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit. That is a fine line, gentlemen. Soul and spirit. Soul and spirit. And spirit, the immortal spirit and the soul. Yep. And of the joints and marrow. Wow. Where does where does a joint of a bone stop and marrow start? Mm. It's nearly impossible to see. That's like asking someone where a mountain, where, where's the bottom of a mountain? Where does it start? It says the deepest part of our nature. Yeah. Exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Ah, the very thoughts uh, and purposes of the heart. And not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open and exposed, naked and defenseless to the eyes of him with whom we have. So all of our loyal King James Version readers know that in the King's J- King James Version it says, dividing asunder between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, thoughts and intents. Intents. Thoughts and intents. Brethren, that, that is a, a spiritual decising, mm-hmm. okay, dividing between that. that. That's something that mortal man can't delineate between those two elements. It's thinner than a sheet of paper, right? It's, that's mm. Yeah, that's on an atomic level, that yeah. a spiritually atomic level, mm. that without supernatural guidance and supernatural intervention, you will never find the delineation between a thought and an intent. You can't find it. We are presented repeatedly with having to make decisions that where where that sword comes down, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely changes the entire outcome of the situation that you're dealing with. Was it a thought or was it an intent? Soul, spirit, bone, marrow. The word of God, he breaks it down. It's quick. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. It's sharper. It's always sharper. Sharper. Okay. So the approach in this day, on this home stretch between here and glory, if we are ever going to need the word to help us, the Amplified says, when God speaks that spirit, Spoken word. Mm. 
If we're ever going to need God to help us find out exactly where we need to draw the line on situations, brother, it's now. Yeah. Yeah, what does the Word of God say? It's now. And so the, the, I find it interesting that he refers here to a two-edged sword. Hmm. The Word of God is a two-edged sword dividing asunder. You, you, you guys have heard me say this. I say it repeatedly to our congregation. The Word of God has got two edges. It doesn't need mine. Yep. It doesn't need a third edge to decise an issue. So we have all been there. If you have if 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 you've got any transparency, accountability, openness at all, you will readily admit that there have been times in your life that you have come to church, sat down on a pew. Mm-hmm. You can't even understand why you're doing what you're doing, let alone thinking the way you're thinking. And the word of God begins to be preached. And as preaching goes forth, it begins to categorize in your mind and compartmentalize that was thought and this was intent. Whoa, now I'm all of a sudden beginning I'm I'm, I'm all of a sudden beginning to clearly see mm-hmm. this is why I was doing this. Yes. That's right. I don't want this in my life. And it is preaching that begins to reveal it. It is absolutely a case in point like Solomon. When those two mamas came in and they both were brand new mamas with these babies and one of them overlaid the child in the night. What a story. Right? Yeah. She comes to Solomon. you got two mamas and one dead baby and one live baby. And both mamas are claiming rights to the child. We know the parallels here are endless, but the church is the mother. Leadership is presented with perilous situations like this repeatedly. And the sword, the sword that the writer of Hebrews is talking about, Mm -hmm. that two-edged sword is what we're going to need to help us find out this is is the true moment and this isn't. This who's fibbing and this who's telling the truth. This is where we draw the line. What did Solomon ask for? Bring me a sword. Let's divide this. And immediately the true mama goes, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. What's revealed. everybody thinking? Yeah. What's everybody thinking? He wants a sword. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. But now we can see Sol- Solomon's intent. Yep. Yep. His intent was, I want to find the real mama. Yeah, not kill the baby. I don't want to kill the baby. Yeah, no. That's right. You see? That's so right. the action is, is give me a sword. The intent is, is I want to save the situation. Yeah. The moment that you start viewing preaching as something that's to kill you, and you begin questioning the presentation of anointed word as questionable intent. Why is he saying that? Why is my pastor preaching that? That's the moment that you start you start um, putting a distance between you, and you, you really do run the risk of someone walking away with your baby. The intent behind Solomon's request of the sword was, I want to find out who the real mama is. And that is absolutely why 
That is absolutely why. That's the why behind preaching. Mm -hmm. That's the why behind preaching. That wasn't in Simon's book. No. That wasn't in his book, I don't think. But let's let's talk about the Simon that did use the sword, though. (laughs) 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 Seems how you brought up Simon. Yeah, our good buddy. Our good buddy, Mm -hmm. Simon Peter. Wow. What's that? I can't hear you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He lobbed off an ear. Right? (laughs) Oh, so we need a sword. Yeah. Okay, the intent that Solomon had and the intent that Peter had was... was ah. He wasn't swinging for his ear. No, he wasn't. Right? No, he wasn't. But that's what happens when you give a fisherman a sword. <laughs> right? He was better with the fishing pole than he Should was... So give him a net first. Yeah, and then, yeah don't, don't give him a sword. Okay? So uh, Jesus goes, all right, put the, put the ear back on. Put the sword up. Now's not the time. Yeah. It's not that Jesus didn't want Peter to be working with him. It was just a few moments ago that he was shaking him by the shoulder going, can't you pray with me for an hour? Mm -hmm. It's just that now was not the time. Time, time, time. Timing. Now is not the timing. Everything, isn't it? When it comes to trying to respond accordingly, appropriately, righteously to a circumstance... You don't just wield the sword randomly and with ill intent. You see that again in Peter when it's it's an amazing section of Scripture where flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. And he's at, it's like a pinnacle. He's riding this massive right. adrenaline rush. Wow, right. Jesus Christ just said that to me. Yeah. And then... Yeah. No, no, not so, Lord. Get thee behind me, Satan. Poof, he's at the lowest. All about his intents. The same guy. It is. Right? And the way the scripture's written, it was in the same setting, the same day, you would almost think. Okay. Another account is coming to mind. So, King Saul is given a pretty explicit command. You're going out against the Amalekites. Don't save one of them. Mm -hmm. Don't bring any of the spoil back. Not a sheep, not a hoof, nothing. Destroy them all. I mean, it, it goes to the level where he said, even their children. God was pretty clear. I want to eradicate the Amalekites. Samuel comes to Saul and he goes, what's the bleeding Mm-hmm. that I hear, okay? Saul, quite obviously, quite obviously disobeyed. But yet, it comes down to a matter of intent. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yep. He tried to sell it with this twist. Oh, the reason that I saved Agag, the Amalekite, And the reason that I kept some of their livestock and sheep is because I want to offer them to God as worship. That's right. Adjust the circumstances a little bit to make the intent. So my action was wrong, but if I can try to bolster my my erroneous action with a good (laughs) intent, then then maybe that will epic fail. Oldest trick in the book. Epic fail. I'm speeding, officer, because I have to go to the hospital. 
Yes. Yeah. Because yes. I'm choking. Yes. Yes. Can't <laughs> you tell? Yeah. yeah. I'm all blue. Can't you tell? No. Oh, I guess that's the blue light. License yeah. and registration, please. <laughs> Here's the deal. I believe Saul was lying when he said that he kept all of that to offer it as worship. Why do I think he was lying? Because he turns right around to Samuel and says, why don't you go with me one more time before the people to worship? Nowhere does he says, and bring out all of that stuff that I kept. Let's oh. offer it right now. Oh. If he would have been intentional about using the plunder and the spoil, he wanted a trophy. That's what he wanted. He wanted Agag as bragging rights hmm. little, at the club that he was a part of. A little ambitious, maybe. When he got to, well, totally. So he was disobedient and his intent was wrong. Now I want you to notice what Samuel did. Samuel confronts it and he looks at that squirrely little egg egg over in the corner and he says, bring me a sword. I want to hew and hack this guy to pieces. I make a good drama. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're looking, for, yeah, we're looking yeah. for someone to be egg egg. I have a few that I'd like to nominate now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I picked up ill intent in what he just said. Yeah. Okay. Samuel attacks Agag with a sword. With yeah. a sword because he picks up the intent's wrong. Saul's wrong. This is this is making an argument on the silence of scripture. So if you disagree with me, you're right and I'm wrong. This is just my opinion. I have to believe that if Saul at that moment would have said, bring out the sheep. We're going to kill them all right here and offer them to God. And Agag, someone slit his throat. We're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe that we wouldn't have been reading about David as king. Saul would have continued to sit with the anointing at the helm of the nation of God's people, Israel. But his intent was also wrong. It was not just his action. His intent was wrong. Yeah. And so... That's, that is the balancing act. The sword continually is what is revealing intent. Mm -hmm. So if we've ever needed to do anything, we need to preach. Preaching the word of God. Preaching the word of God. Preaching the word of God. I know this seems like a five-cent answer to a million-dollar problem, but preaching the word of God will reveal the intent. Yeah. And here's a statement that I'm going to make. That, that may, may be a bit of a firebrand, but it's preaching that reveals intent, not preachers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's preaching. It is his word that will not return void. It is his word that finds that balance. As a preacher sitting in my office, I am not as effective in uncovering and discovering intent as I am behind the sacred desk, just preaching the anointed word of God. Well, well, a preacher is not nearly as good at discovering intent as preaching is at discovering intent. Oh, uh, it's, this is necessary for the tape ministry, as they used to say. <laughs> so let me put a little disclaimer in here. I know we're going to cut the disclaimer. If you don't yes. know what a tape is. What is a tape? We can, we can, um, we can, we can help you with this. Like Just records. comment below. Like those records we we're talking about. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that all counseling is wrong. No, no, we know what you mean. We there are mean. times yeah. that people need to talk. They need to open up, and they need someone that they have confidence in that can help them untangle the mess that they are in. That is not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But every preacher that I know, every pastor that I know has experienced what I'm fixing to say. When you're sitting in your office and you're talking to someone and you know the objective of why they're there is that they're trying to convince you that they qualify for a loophole for what you're preaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And at that moment, I'm not nearly as good as discover, at discovering intent as just preaching. We need, we need to just preach and let bone fall on one side and marrow on the other. We need to just preach and let thought fall on one side and intent fall on the other. Action on one side, intent on the other. And preaching will reveal it. You can tell by how someone's responding to preaching if their intent supports their action or not. Let me tell you this about Pastor Daniel McKillop. He spends more time in the pulpit than he does in his desk. Amen. Yes. Amen. Not, not, please. Not, not that I'm not approachable to be talked no. to. No. That is not what we're saying. No. But counseling can never replace preaching. Right. Wow. I'm just a man when I'm in my office. I'm just a man. I'm attempting to be a man of God that is anointed of God when I'm preaching. And that is a different thing altogether. The... The question is always, why did I do that? You ever ask yourself that? Why do I continue to struggle? Yeah. And that answer you only get from yeah. the word of God. Spoken, preached, anointed. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. That's where you overcome, right? For sure. And, and let's not just make it a negative thing. Mm. Why, why were you willing to come work for the church mm. and quit your secular job? Mm. What's your intent? Yeah. Great question. What's your intent? Mm. What are you after? Yep. You just want to hobnob with preachers? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and put you on the spot here. What's... <laughs> Welcome to my podcast, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad to have you with us today. This yeah. was his intent right here. Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. Well. Okay. I know what you mean. The only way I know how to answer, I don't want to cop out, but I guess time will reveal, right? It does. It does. And that's not a cop out answer. Mm. Um, there will be times and days that you have to, you have to just put one foot in front of the other while people are questioning your actions. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, what you mean. Awaiting mm-hmm. on your intent to be made known. Yeah. Mm. So back to the story of, of Joseph. Mm. Joseph clearly, God was positioning Joseph and sending him ahead so that preparation could be made for everybody. So that everybody would have food, so everybody would be, Right. That's Joseph's calling. But talking about it at the breakfast table is a bit early. 
Not recommended. So when he's in a pit, mm. he has to hang on to the dream because he knows, and at that point, outside of him and maybe his dad, he's the only one that knows that God gave it to him and he didn't conjure it up. So he goes to Egypt, Potiphar's house, second in command. Bang. He was a disappointment to Potiphar's wife. Mm -hmm. Right? Her intent was to trip him up in an immoral sense. And he, he picked up on her intent. And he said, no, no, you can have the coat. I'm out. So then she spins the narrative and he goes back to a dungeon. Or when you when you look at that in the ESV, it says he's in another pit again. Very interesting connection. He's in another mm-hmm. pit. Right back where he started. You know he had to go, excuse me, deja vu. <laughs> again. All over again. This is what I get. You wonder how many times within his own mind, within his own thought intent, that whole wrestle of where am I missing it? If I'm in the will of God, why am I in a pit again? Yeah. Why are people lying about me again? Why Why? Why are people telling stories and spinning this stuff against me again? God, you know. Yeah. That wasn't in the dream. You For sure. Yeah, yeah they don't show you that stuff. No, no they don't. No. 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 Dreams are most often hey, brothers, pinnacles, not valleys. I go valleys. to a pit. Yeah. Woo! Two times. Yeah. No, you seldom, you seldom would talk about dreams like yeah. that. Not likely. So throughout that whole thing, he held on to his dream. He didn't allow the pit to kill the dream because his intent was pure. His intent was right. So you have to be willing to live days, months, sometimes years Mm -hmm. when people look at your action and question it while your intent is, is being the purity of your intent. But the good intents always win over the bad ones. Yes. For sure they do. You meant it for evil. But God turned it around. So, so... What a statement. Oh, <laughs> that is... That is... If, if, if we could leave with anything out of this mm-hmm. podcast... Mm-hmm. I want you to catch what I'm fixing to say because uh, you need to be encouraged by the fact that God's not measuring your actions. That's right. He's measuring intent. Oh my. Yeah. my God my. knows intent. Mm. Man looks at action. God sees intent. So even if you're falling and failing, That's right. intense, right? he sees yeah. your intent. Yeah. Everybody else sees the scuff on the knees and everybody right. else sees the bloodied lip and everybody else says, oh, he fell again. But God goes, oh, but he's digging. He's yeah, trying. Right. He, he wants he's to make it. Up. Keep he's, your intentions right. Right. Cause right. Because the, the, the temptation would always be to change your intentions if you don't see yourself progressing. Yeah. Maybe I'm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So God wants to give us victories that are on an intent channel mm-hmm. level. Okay. They meant it for evil. God meant it for good. So it all comes through. Now you have Jacob 
uh, all the way down there. Mm-hmm. You have all of the boys there. Isaac, all of the boys. Daddy's dying. Mm-hmm. They bury him, mm-hmm. and the boys start freaking out. You know it. Because now they're looking amongst themselves and saying, Reuben, Benjamin, all these boys. We're alone with Joseph. Yeah. And Dad's not us, here. He's going to pay us back. Right. That's right. So they question. Can you believe this? Because that's what people they do. They question Joseph's intent. And they said, the reason that he's treating us good is because Dad's alive. Mm. Why? Don't, don't miss this connection. Because they know how they treated him when Dad wasn't around. That's right. When Dad wasn't around, they threw him in a pit. Lied about him. And yeah. their intent was evil. It was evil. They wanted to silence the dreamer. But Joseph is looking at them and going, boys, I'm not going to treat you the way you treated me, even if dad's not in the picture. Because God knows your intent was wrong, but he changed the intent from something evil to something good. Brethren, oh, man. that's transformative. Sure is. When you get the revelation that when people with ill intent are acting against you, but God can take ill intent and turn intent into something that is good, that is a moment. That's fuel to keep going, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If you're in the deepest dungeon today, that needs to motivate you. That's that right. needs to motivate you. And we see that happen with the children of Israel who a little bit later on in their life are growing. They're growing to the point that another king steps on the scene. Enough time has passed off that another king steps on the scene that doesn't remember Joseph, doesn't remember why they still have food in a famine, doesn't remember why they are now the superpower of the then known world. And he looks and he goes, whoa, we got a problem. The Israelites are growing, Mm. right? So he says to them, we must start dealing shrewdly with them. Why? Why do you want to deal shrewdly? The action is to deal with them shrewdly. The reason for the action, the intent behind the action is so that they wouldn't grow anymore. We want to keep them in a manageable state of productivity. Because if they get too big, they could join with our enemies and there could be an insurrection that overthrows us. So they begin beating them, afflicting them, treating them like slaves. Now you read verses like this where it says, and the more that they afflicted them, the more that they grew. Exactly. That's a powerful verse standing alone. Mm -hmm. But when you realize that why they were growing even more so when they were afflicted was directly connected not just with the affliction, but with the why behind the affliction. Mm -hmm. The reason that their adversary was afflicting them was to get them to stop growing. That's right. And God said, I'm going to overthrow the intent. So the intent is that they're afflicting you so that you won't grow. So I'm going to make you grow more as they afflict you. Can you realize the next few staff meetings that took place in the halls of the (laughs) who's who of Egypt when they went, it's not working. If we get a head count. (laughs) They are growing. It seems like the harder I whip them, the more fruitful they are. Mm -hmm. That is why this is the best day for the church. Because 
every evil intent of the adversary, God is going to overthrow it. If he thought that COVID-19 restrictions, sending us to worship in our own homes from place to place and time to time, if he thought that that was going to overthrow and stop revival and keep us from growing, he he is experiencing a colossal failure. The more they beat us, the more we grow. Yeah. We're not just experiencing numerical growth, but we are experiencing a maturity and a fruitfulness in the spirit. Why? Because God is taking that which is intended to be evil and he's turning to that which is good. So you need to have boldness and confidence today. That's right. Get that head up. Get your head up. Sweep the dungeon. That's right. Order yourself an extra large coffee today. Yeah. That's right. And if you have fallen, repent, exactly, dust yourself off, and get back in the game again. That's right. Because God knows that you want to make it. That's right. He sees your intent. And so here is the beauty of the final two verses of Hebrews chapter four in that narrative. It says, seeing then that we have a high priest. Mm -hmm. This is immediately in the same flow. Seeing then that we have a high priest that has entered into the heavenlies who was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. Because of that, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. We don't have to timidly approach the throne of grace. We have boldness. Why? Here is the beauty of the situation for the child of God. He has the word of God that's being preached to him that will help decipher thought and intent, Mm -hmm. action and why, what and why. So preaching will help him here. And it represents and confronts him here, and the word represents and confronts him there. It's representing him in another realm. Jesus Christ, the word, is representing him before the throne of grace. Now, friends, pretty good deal. you can't lose with the stuff we use. Keep preaching. The word defends you here and defends you there. If your intent's right, you're going to make it. Amen. <laughs>